You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 500. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP500. there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, pod people. Amy here, and this is a bit of a bittersweet episode as it is going to be my final podcast episode episode. I know, I know, 500 episodes seemed to be a really great finale. (laughs) I've been doing this for almost 11 years, and I've never done a like a seasonal show. It's always been every single week, and there have been little pockets of time that I've taken time off. And as of recently, I've just been really clear that It isn't, at least in this iteration, where I want to keep going with the podcast. I love the medium, and you may have heard me talk about this in the last episode, but I would love, love, love to do a podcast, a personal development-focused themed show with another life coach, therapist, psychologist, something like that, where we have really fantastic banter And we can share really poignant information with all of you. So I would love to know if you know of anyone like that, anyone you think I need to be connected with, anyone you've heard who is also looking for a co-host, I'm really not going to force anything, but I'm open to those opportunities. Because here's the thing. Most of the podcasts I listen to are with two co-hosts, not necessarily an arsenal of guests, because I love, love, love feeling like I'm a part of this conversation, like it's just these friends, this banter, but then spilling some really great knowledge as well. And I know that some people have expressed to me that they listen to the show and they have always felt like I'm their soul sister or we're secretly best friends, but I just don't know it or, you know. So if that's you and you think we would be an awesome match for podcast hosts, send me an email. You can find me over at holler at amygreensmith.com. You can easily message me through my website. It'll get to me. And also, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to all of you who have tuned in, whether this is your first episode or one of hundreds, or you've been with me from the beginning when, oh my God, we had one microphone and my husband, Mr. Smith, was my sidekick and we had to pass the microphone back and forth to each other. I mean, I've gone through so much growth and change over the last decade plus and 
it has been so such an incredible honor to have you along for the ride with me. And I am by no means quitting personal development or anything like that or shutting my business. It's just that I know that this current iteration of the podcast is not is not for me anymore. That being said, I want to make sure that we still stay in contact. So the best way to do that is to be on my mailing list. Now, that's yawn, gross, like who wants that? But I have a bunch of free shit that you can get over on my website where you can get a ton of cool things like workbooks or hypnosis tracks. And then you will have your email in my database so that when new offers or events or possibly a new podcast or YouTube show comes available, you will be the first one to know and you won't miss out on that. Same with offers and additional freebies or programs that I'm running. Please be sure to go over to amygreensmith.com slash free and just grab one of the freebies there and you will absolutely be the first to know when I'm moving and shaking again. So I thought I would close out this final podcast episode around the topic of navigating adult friendship breakups. It's not something that we are really taught how to do. In fact, if you've hung out with me for any length of time, you'll know that I'm talking constantly about how we're not taught to have difficult conversations or express what we need or establish a boundary around a certain topic with a friend or or any other type of boundary. So no wonder we get to this place in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, and we kind of look around going, no, I need people who I am richly and viscerally spiritually connected with, not just some, someone that I've been friends with since college or a friend that I had who saw me through my divorce. And so I feel connected to them because of that, even though maybe you've grown grown apart in many ways. So I routinely will be talking to clients and students and they'll be sharing how hungry they are for like-minded communities, friendships, intimate relationships, and how difficult it can feel once you've moved out of any scholastic forum, once you've graduated college, then it's kind of like your friends just either are there from your history or you start to make them at your workplace. Well, if you work alone or you're not a part of uh, an organization with folks who you really want to commune with on a regular basis, you might find yourself looking around going, it's kind of kind of sparse here in the friendship category. And one of the other things that can happen there is that we will hold on to antiquated relationships, historical relationships, simply because they've always been there, not necessarily because it's still rewarding or fulfilling or emotionally supportive to you. So I think it's important that we take an assessment of what's happening in our friendships to realize, is this a person or a friendship that I want to continue putting a bunch of effort into? So I'm guessing that if you're listening to this, you've probably either been broken up with or are contemplating breaking up with a friend. And what does that look like? How do I start? Uh, I need a formula. Well, you know, I love to give a good formula. So here's how we're going to go about this. I'm going to give you about six different things that I want you to just contemplate, think about, journal on. And then I'm going to talk about 
what to do, two specific methods if you are the one doing the breaking up, and then four steps that you can go through if you are being broken up with or if someone's ghosting you and you're like, what the fuck do I do with this? So I want to tell you a quick story about a friendship that I had many, many, many years ago. And this is well over a decade, probably about 15 years ago. And she was my very, very best friend. And I loved her tremendously. And she got involved in a relationship that I could not support by virtue of who this person was. And every time I was around him, every time I heard him speak about her or to her, I could not stand the misogyny, the control, the way that he was with her. And so it became a real point of contention for the two of us because she could no longer turn to her very best friend and share all the inner workings of her romantic life. And I could no longer support her or be there for her or hear about things going on with her. And it became really difficult for both of us to remain in that friendship and continue to be what the other person needed whilst still standing in our own individual truths. So what that meant was in order for her to thrive and to feel empowered in her relationship and in her life and for me to do the same meant that the casualty had to be the friendship. So I need to really impart that friendships have seasons. We don't have to be tethered to one friendship from kindergarten all the way to our deathbed. There are people who come in and out of our lives. And I think the same is true for romantic partnerships. I know this is easy for me to say, but I think we glorify these long-term relationships when so much growth and healing and progress can be gleaned from having multiple relationships, multiple marriages. <laughs> Don't get me started on how religion has influenced and patriarchy has influenced how we see relationships through such a myopic lens. I digress. We're talking about friendships. But what I want to say is I don't think that saving the marriage, saving the friendship at all costs, or even saving the family relationship at all costs needs to be the goal. I don't think that needs to be the goal. I think it needs to be how can all parties continue to feel honored? And sometimes that means the friendship is the casualty. Another thing to note here is that sometimes even someone's absolute best is not going to be enough for you. And this is the case in intimate partnerships too, right? Like someone can look amazing on paper. They can be so good to you and treat you so well. And there can just be nothing there for you where you're just like, oh, there's nothing more for you to do. You're fantastic. I just don't feel it. And the same is true in friendships. There could be a relationship where you have grown tremendously. Maybe you've dug into a lot of inner child work or you've started taking personal development classes or reading books. And this friendship of yours is feeling really antiquated as they are still really into stuff you were into 10 years ago, maybe. 
I had another friendship that I had to have a real heart to heart with. This again was about 15 years ago because of the topics that would come up. She worked in LA in the media. And so there was a lot of focus on bodies and how acceptable it was to have cellulite and things like that. And I had to, as I grew and as I learned about anti-fat bias and about fat liberation and all sorts of things, the diet industrial complex, I realized that I could no longer have conversations with her the way I always had been. I had been the one who we could turn to each other and grab our thighs and talk shit about ourselves and buy into that bullshit. But then because I grew and learned about different things and saw them in such a different way, I realized I could no longer be that partner for her. So I had to establish a boundary. Now, that friendship did not necessarily fall apart. In fact, I think it was bolstered by that conversation. But I think it's important for each of us to realize that sometimes that person has reached their limit of growth for that given time period, or they're just not willing to continue to grow, or they're just into shit that you're no longer into, right? Like maybe they're still heavily into like this goth punk scene and you have grown and there's a lot of other things that you're into and that feels very stunted and not necessarily you anymore. It feels more like the 17-year-old version of yourself. This can also happen if one person adopts a new belief structure, a new religion, or something that they're involved in, and you maybe no longer can engage in conversation with them. Or maybe it is someone who you used to collude with and you would talk shit about your exes and now you're really trying to evolve beyond that and see what's possible for romantic love. And you can't have conversations with that person anymore, but they don't see that being an issue. They just see you as changed. So I need you to know that sometimes where someone's at, their absolute best is still not going to be good enough for you. And that is okay. And you're not saying you're not enough. You're just saying, hey, this doesn't work well for my system. I use the analogy of gluten all the time (laughs) because I had a situation where I took a little bit of distance from a friendship and it was hugely eye-opening to me. And this was relatively recent. And once I had a little bit of distance, once I had a few weeks and then months to be without this person, I kind of went, holy shit. I didn't know life could be like this. I felt so much more free and I started seeing things through a completely different lens, realizing that the emotional support that I had craved from this person for so long was just not something they were ever going to be able to be for me, period. And that doesn't mean anything is wrong with them. It just means it's not the right fit for me. And it's it can be devastating and horrible and awful And I need to honor what does and doesn't work for my system. And I felt like it was akin to some of the stories that I've heard from friends of mine with gluten intolerances where they all of a sudden cut out gluten and they're like, holy shit, I didn't know my life could be like this. I didn't know I didn't have to lay on the couch for hours with stomach cramps every time I ate. I didn't realize that I didn't have to sit on the toilet and blow it up for for days after I had some pizza crust, right? And they kind of go, oh, I didn't know it could be this amazing when I simply eliminated gluten from my life. 
I think there's another lesson here in realizing that we don't have to demonize gluten. I don't have to go around talking shit about that friend and saying how horrible they are or they're an awful person. No, they're not at all. They're just not right for my system. It just doesn't quite mesh as harmoniously as we wanted it to at one point. So for that reason, I also suggest if you are on the fence, you're not sure, or you're just getting some inklings of, I'm not sure if I want to stay tethered to this person, consider taking a break. I wrote in my notes the famous quote (laughs) from friends, we're on a break. We were on a break. So think about Could I just create a little bit of distance for clarity? Because I'll tell you what, until I had that distance from that person, I don't think I was able to, A, see everything as clearly as I am able to now, and B, actually be able to articulate exactly what the problem was or why it wasn't working for me specifically. All right, so we know that Someone's best may not be enough for you, and that is okay. We know that sometimes friendship is the casualty of each person standing in their own truth. And we've also talked about engaging in a break, just taking a quick time out and tally what happens for you. Notice how it feels to be disconnected. Notice if there's longing or missing that other person or if you feel better. Or maybe something kind of complicated and in between. I I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I want to revisit it. I want you to check in with yourself. Am I avoiding a tough conversation that could alter the course of this friendship? Am I just kind of doing a slow fade away or a slash ghosting or just not being available because I'm avoiding telling them that something was really hurtful or I would like them to work on something or something else would mean a lot to you or whatever it happens to be. Are you avoiding a conversation? I have a very strong belief that the people who we hold closest to us, we need to at least give them the opportunity to be what we need. But I do think far more often than not, we don't explicitly say what it is that we need or what it is that we're looking for in the relationship in order to give them the real opportunity to show up for us in the way that we need. So in essence, do you think that this person has the capability of meeting your needs if they were just given the opportunity, just given the chance? Or do you feel like even with that information, they still would not have the capacity to be what you need? Here's what I'll say about that. Most of the time, if there's a lot of resentment, a lot of anger and bitterness towards that person, you are likely going to say, no, there's no way. They're not capable. And if there's already that much resentment and anger, I'm guessing a break is probably being called for already. If not, I think there's definitely some room to explore where those emotions are coming from and if it's something that's rectifiable. But is there anything that you genuinely feel like if they knew this, if they heard this, if they had the extent of how much something bothered me, I do think they would work on it or change. And I've had situations with friendships where they've said, I can't do more. I can't be more. And that was really telling for me. I'm like, okay, good. You know your capacity. 
And also, I know what I need. And that isn't going to work for me. And that's okay, y'all. That does not mean you're being needy. That doesn't mean you're being an asshole. That means you are being very clear of what works for you and what doesn't. And then finally, I want you to check in with this question. What would I want from this person if they were breaking up with me? Would I want a big, long conversation? Would I want an explanation? Would I want the opportunity to meet their needs, to course correct and be there for them? What sort of courtesy would I want extended to me if they were breaking up with me? Because here's the deal, y'all. I really, truly do not believe that every single relationship issue needs to be tackled with a really tough conversation. (laughs) Shocker. I know. I really don't. And I think you need to gauge based off of our history, based off of what I would want from this person, how do I want to show up, right? That's the final journal question. How do I want to show up amidst this breakup? What will make me proud of myself amidst this this change, this alteration to this friendship? So for example, maybe you're breaking up with a friend, but you're also really close to someone else in their family or someone in their family is really close to somebody in your family or there's some other sort of tether, you have to also think, how am I going to engage with those folks if they bring those things up? Like, who do you want to be in the face of this split? And consider how you would want them to show up as well. Obviously, we have no control over that, but you can lead by not being messy. (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit more about how ending a friendship or any relationship really does not always have to be a big drawn out conversation. Sometimes if you have discerned that this is not something you want to participate in any longer or if there's been some outright malice or things that are unforgivable, you absolutely don't need to have a sit down and give them all the opportunities and all of that stuff. It really comes down to your specific relationship. You would want from them in return and what you need to give voice to in order to be at peace with the scenario. In some situations, the fastest avenue to peace might be just severing the relationship cold turkey right? And in others, it might be gradually trying to converse about things, trying to work through things. And in fact, the anecdote that I shared with you early on in this episode, we did try that. For quite a while, we just had a series of difficult conversations and we kept trying to salvage the friendship, even though there was this huge elephant in the room of me not supporting her her relationship and subsequent marriage, and then her not feeling like she had a bestie who she could really lean on. And it wasn't until many kind of failed attempts that I realized that I was the one truly making all of the efforts. And what she was trying to do, I think in retrospect, is what I like to call the slow fade. Which is, if you've ever seen the meme of Homer Simpson, where he's kind of like fading into the background of the bushes (laughs) and just edging out of the conversation, fading into the background, it's essentially that. 
So that is the first of two methods that I'm going to be talking about, the slow fade. And this is where it kind of organically fades out through lack of contact. So this could be something where you are routinely not available to get together with someone and it just they eventually stop asking and the friendship kind of fizzles out. Now, the only caveat I will have here with the slow fade is if you are directly asked what happened to us or I feel really disconnected or I felt like we something really shifted for us. If they reach out to you and say something to that effect, please, please be honest with them. Don't say something like, I've just been really busy. (laughs) That might be true, but that's not why you're distanced from them. So you don't also have to be an asshole. You don't have to be mean. But to say something like, I can truly appreciate that perspective If I'm being totally candid, I don't know if we are the best fit as friends anymore. And if you want to hear more about that, I'm happy to share. But I certainly don't want to cause any more pain or harm. So you're kind of putting the ball in their court, so to speak, by saying, hey, listen, it is more than just me not having time. It is that I don't feel totally at peace with this friendship any longer. I am happy to elaborate, and I don't want to cause a bunch of pain, but it is your call, right? That way, if that person really does want closure, you can give it to them, or they can have the opportunity to course correct if they so choose. They might not agree with you at all, or they might see exactly what you're saying and be willing to change. We don't know. It might be too little too late for you where you're like, good for you, knock yourself out on your growth and all of that. I still don't want to be a part of your life. And that is okay to say. And I would encourage you to do it with the utmost grace and kindness, the utmost compassion, the way you would want to be spoken to if the tables were turned. Now, the second option is to genuinely have a heart-to-heart. Now, this could be the first of a handful of deep conversations, or this could be simply, I don't think this is sustainable. I don't think that we're really able to be what each other needs, or I am looking for more. And for that reason, I think we should take a little bit of time away or not communicate quite as regularly as we do, maybe set up some kind of parameters. But I would be hugely remiss if I did not advocate for the heart-to-heart deep conversation where you at least express to somebody what you want from them, what you're expecting, what you need, what you're desiring, and give them an opportunity to rise to the occasion. I'm assuming that by the time you get to the heart-to-heart breakup conversation, You've repeatedly brought things to them. You've repeatedly asked in a very kind, compassionate tone for the things that you are are wanting or desiring in the relationship, and you've routinely been rebuffed, or they've shown you through their actions that they're not interested in being what you need, or they're not capable and they're not willing to learn how to be capable. Okay, so if you are doing the breaking up, 
two options that you have are the slow fade where you just slowly fade into the background. You just kind of routinely are not available and it just kind of fades away. Or you can have a real heart-to-heart with them. And there are a couple of things that I would suggest if you take this option on. I would try to avoid using the word you as much as possible and talk about what you are learning about yourself and what you are noticing about your own needs. Make it about you, not about the faults they have or what's wrong with them or why gluten sucks. (laughs) It's saying, I've really been noticing how much it means to me to have emotional support in my life. And I noticed that in the distance that we had with one another, it became really clear to me that I have not been getting the emotional support in this friendship as as much as I need and as I'm desiring. So again, I'm not using the word you. I'm talking about what I'm noticing about my myself, my own needs. I'm keeping a calm, kind tonality to my voice. And then if you do have problems with something uh, that they've said or they've done, you can say there have been things that have been said about my body or things that have been mentioned about blah, blah, blah. That's a great way to state it as opposed to you said this about my body. Now, if it gets to that and you have to remind them <laughs> if they're gaslighting you, then sure, it's not a hard and fast rule like don't ever use use the word you. But for example, if somebody said, you never responded to me, that comes across way more aggressive than, hey, I'm not sure I got a response about the invite I sent your way, right? Like that's a completely different sound. So when you remove the word you, you remove a lot of accusation and that can make the conversation go so much better. Talk about your piece in the matter. What is it that you need to own? Is it that you didn't realize this until now? Is it that you haven't been as clear with your needs or you haven't given them the opportunity and that's not fair? Are there ways that you know you're not meeting their needs? That could also be the case. In certain friendships, I've realized, like, I don't think I have the capacity to be with what this other person needs either. I think it's selling them short as well. And then share any type of specific request that you might have going forward. If you have one, like a break, I would like to let's just take a pause for a week, a month, whatever it is. Or I would really like to change the frequency of our our conversations. What do you think about maybe just talking once a week as opposed to every day or meeting up once a month as opposed to every single week. But playing around with that, and that's what I did with this friendship that I was mentioning kind of throughout this this episode, where we we tried a couple of different things before I realized, okay, I think she's trying to fade out because she will respond to my texts or she will get together for lunch with me. But there's no effort on her behalf to sustain this relationship. And that became really illuminating for me in that I deserve and require reciprocal relationships, meaning the effort and investment that I'm putting in, I need that to be reciprocated. And in that case, it made it very easy for me to just stop texting or stop initiating things. And then the friendship really did fade away. Now, as you are going through all of this, there has to be emphasis 
on your own self-worth. So if you are going through this and you are just beating yourself up about like, I'm I'm such an asshole or I'm a jerk or I'm leaving them in their time of need and I'm a horrible human, then you really got to get on top of that self-worth and that self-talk or self-sentiment, how you are engaging with yourself. Because essentially what you're saying is, I don't deserve to speak up about things. I don't deserve reciprocal relationships. I don't deserve to have my needs met. My needs and wants don't matter as much as this other person. In fact, recently I had to grapple with that same concept of am I abandoning this person? And what I had to get really clear on was that I had to abandon her in order to not abandon myself. And I don't think that situations are frequently ultimatums like that. But like with the the best friend from 15 years ago, it was that case. For each one of us, we would have had to abandon ourselves in order to be there for the other person. And so sometimes it is mandatory that we choose to not abandon ourselves. And sometimes friendships are the casualty therein. All right. So there are your two tactics that you can choose from. I'm sure there's a a myriad of others, but those are a couple of of easy ways to kind of think about going through with a breakup with a friendship. Now let's talk about what to do if someone breaks up with you. What happens if just all of a sudden someone goes dark on you and you don't know what's happened? And you would like some element of closure or you still felt like the relationship was great and you want to stay connected. And by the way, I am going to link a bunch of different podcast episodes in the show notes for this episode because I've done deep dive episodes on boundaries around speaking up for yourself, how to have really difficult conversations, how to amplify your self-worth. So if you're struggling with any specific nuances of these, there will be a bunch of additional resources for you in the show notes. So four things for you to think about if you are being broken up with. Number one, petition for your closure, but respect boundaries. Is there any information that you need to source? So for example, If you have no idea what happened and you just want to know what happened, petition for that closure. If you want that info, go get that info or at least ask. However, if somebody does not respond, will not pick up the phone, that is a response as well. That is a, I would pick up if I wanted to talk to you. I would respond if I wanted to converse, but they are saying no, all right? So stay true to those boundaries. I had a situation with some family members actually not too long ago where my mom was really, really upset about a situation with uh, another member of our family and could and had no idea what the problem was. And this other family member refused to talk to her. And my mom really was like, I would love for the chance to make it right. I I have no idea what I did, but I never, never intend to cause harm. And I would love the opportunity to clean it up. But this other family member would not return her calls, would not accept her emails, 
holiday gifts, anything. And it wasn't until ages later, months and months later, that this family member finally was able to have a conversation with my mom and they were able to clear it up. So in that case, she really did petition for her closure. She petitioned for the reason and she was ready to hear it, even if it was something she it was going to cause pain and hurt. It was more important to her to have the opportunity to clean it up or to give a different perspective. So petition for that closure, but respect boundaries. Okay. Number two, allow room for grief. This is an end. This is something that is no longer going to continue at least not in the form that it always was in. So this is going to call for grief. Now, sometimes people feel like the word grief is so loaded. Think of it as emotional processing. I need time to emotionally process what went on with that relationship. In fact, in the book on grief and grieving by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and David Kessler, they talk about five different processes of grief. And then after Elizabeth Kubler-Ross passed away, David Kessler ended up adding a sixth stage of grief. And the sixth stage of grief was finding meaning. And it's well beyond the acute trauma of the incident that we're going through, like the breakup. It's well beyond when you've had time to find the meaning, find the lessons, find the growth. What do I need to do differently next time? Who do I want to be in these relationships? What do I want to call towards myself and manifest? What will I no longer tolerate? So seeing if there is room for that processing, room for that grief. And I have done pods on grief, many of them around emotional processing. I will link to that in the show notes as well. And there will definitely be one on tough conversations if you opt for the heart-to-heart method that we were talking about earlier. Number three, create your own closure. Closure is a fucking luxury. And we do not often get it, right? Sometimes it's the person passes away or you find out something after you've been estranged for decades. Sometimes getting that actual closure is not a possibility, not by a landslide. So that means we have to create our own closure. Now, you might have the opportunity to have a great completion conversation with them where you get the answers and you realize like, oh yeah, we aren't the best of friends. We're not suited for one another. But my God, that's a privilege. And we if you get that, fantastic. But be ready to create your own if you need to. Now, if you're like, great, how the fuck would I do that? Well, I did an entire podcast on it. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes for you as well. And then number four, when you are ready, when you have healed a bit from this breakup, get to manifesting, bitch. Get to manifesting new relationships, friendships that are really fulfilling for you. And I'll tell you, from my own life with this recent friendship that I have let go of, it has been nothing short of miraculous to me. The new individuals who are popping into my life who are so incredible. And again, I've been kind of like, I didn't know friendship could be this way. This is so amazing. When we are able to take steps away from things that are no longer fueling us, no longer serving us, no longer supporting us, 
we start to open up that room for so much more magic to appear. And I've done, I think, a two-part episode, maybe maybe just one. I can't remember. But I'll link to it in the show notes specifically around how to manifest dope-ass friendships. <laughs> because there are some very specific processes to going about that. But any type of manifestation course or book that you will read will always, always talk about eliminating first from your life the things that are no longer working. So recognizing that, okay, even if that person broke up with me and I still feel like that would have been an amazing friendship, you have to acknowledge that it wasn't for them. It wasn't for them for whatever reason. And you deserve to have somebody who is able to show up for you as much as you are able to show up for them. So you notice, okay, this is a friendship that needs to be kind of ushered out of my life in order to create more space to bring to myself the things that really do light me up at this chapter, at this particular season in my life. And that could change again in the future and probably will. So let's just do a quick recap. I'm going to cover off the six concepts that you want to consider before going through a friendship breakup. And then we'll talk about the kind of second piece of what camp you might fall in. Okay, some things to check in on. Number one, know that even someone's best may not be enough for you or may not be what you need, and that's okay. Number two, sometimes the friendship is the casualty of each person standing in their own truth and not abandoning themselves. Number three, just check in with yourself if you are avoiding a tough conversation. In essence, does this person have the capability uh, or willingness to become capable to be what you need if they were clear about what's going on for you? So get really clear on that. Number four, all friendships and relationships don't have to be a huge, big sit-down combo. It's all about measuring the importance of this relationship and also what would I want from them if they were going to be breaking up with me? What sort of respect, information, data would I want based off of our tenure, based off of our connection? Number five, we were on a break. Consider taking a break for some clarity. That's the whole gluten analogy. What if I just try not having gluten in my life for one week and see how your body responds? See how that might affect how you feel about that relationship. It'll be quite telling. And number six, how do I want to show up throughout this breakup? What will make me genuinely proud of myself? All right, if you are doing the breaking up, two options, the slow fade, just gradually stop being available, not texting, not being quite as responsive, unless the person specifically asks you for clarity, saying, I'm not sure what happened to our friendship or I've been feeling really distant. They are asking for an explanation of what's happened. In that case, the formula is to say, hey, I don't think that our friendship the way it was was tenable for me and I'm happy to be more specific, but I don't want to cause any more pain. So I'm going to be allow that to be your call something to that to that effect. Or number two, the option you have is the heart to heart. And again, we'll link to a tough conversations pod for you. 
Try to avoid avoid the word you. Definitely make sure to talk about your piece in the matter and share your specific request. Now, if you are being broken up with, number one, petition for your closure, but respect that person's boundaries. Number two, allow room for grief or emotional processing. Pods to follow in the show notes page. Number three, create your own closure. Again, another pod reference for you. And number four, when you are ready, get to manifesting some new friendships. And again, a resource for you with that as well. There you have it. How to navigate adult friendship breakups in under an hour. I mean, can it get any better than this? But seriously, I don't think things can be tidied up in a short podcast episode. So be gentle with yourself. Go source more information, tools, and skills that can help you get through this, the support structure that you might need. Call in your allies, the people who do want you to be supported in your friendships, even if that's somebody you pay, like a therapist or a coach. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast with me. I do so hope that you stay connected to see what the next adventure might hold. Please go over to amygreensmith.com slash free to grab some freebies and to make sure that you are on my list and get all of the awesome offers and promotions and and projects that I'm a part of. You will not want to miss that. I feel something is a-brewing. And if you have a brilliant idea or someone who you think would be an amazing co-host with me and we would be really well-suited in our personalities and if you were a part of the show when Mr. Smith was around, how we had just this really great jovial banter back and forth. If there is another podcaster that you listen to that you think, oh my gosh, this would be such a perfect hybrid, these two folks, please send me a message. I've heard from a couple of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your suggestions. If that's you and you are in a personal development space in some kind of medium, whether it be coaching or therapy or hypnosis or whatever, and you think we could have really awesome, fun conversations, hit me up at holler at amygreensmith.com. And I believe that is all for now. So I will say, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak your bold face truth. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you, bye.